1: who is going to continue to take us on this journey. Bill has one of my favorite segments every single week. He always brings it. This dude is an absolute freaking genius. He is a rock star, and I know he'll be bringing it for us today here on Wednesday, aka CMA Day. Bill. Hey. Hey, hey, (laughs) yo, yo.
2: Oh. Um, <laughs> hey hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I love the fat Albert <laughs> what up, what Oh man up. that dude let All me right. hear that fat Albert again
1: Hey 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 <laughs> <laughs> That is good <laughs> that's real good
2: so I wanna uh I wanna first start off with a question for everyone.
1: Did you guys lose Bill or only me? I can't
3: hear I lost. Him. Yes, he I can't, can't hear him.
1: Him. It's a silent question. It's a silent question. I have a question for you. The question is what? It's is a the question.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bill, we lost you. Go hop out and hop back. If you can hear us, we can't hear you. So hop out real quick and hop back. And while he's doing that, oh, there you go. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah. Yeah, you're what, back.
2: What does, oh, was I cutting out? I, I was asking, what does it feel like to let off the gas in your life? Let me get a mic flash for who wants to answer that question. What does it feel like to put on the air conditioners, as they call it? Who wants to answer that? Let me see a mic flash. 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 Okay, who is that? All right, go ahead, Kimberly. Oh, looks like it was cutting in and out.
1: Bill I don't know. Sometimes for me, sometimes it feels sometimes it feels guilty sometimes. To be honest, sometimes I feel a little guilty when I let off the gas. Like I feel like, come on, man, there's some urgent things going on. I gotta get, I gotta get, I gotta get going. Sometimes I feel guilty. I enjoy it when I do, but sometimes I feel a little guilty.
3: Mm. So sometimes I don't realize that I've done it until it's been a minute. And then I'm like, oh, oh no. Oh no, we gotta, we gotta go pedal to the metal again.
2: I'm smiling ear to ear. Who else wants to go? Go ahead.
1: Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I mean, all the time I put out my goals pretty publicly. So anytime I do anything, it's not towards it because I built up such a, you know, yeah, I'm going for a brand. I feel like, man, you know, I'm, 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 I'm failing everything. So, 100, percent, yeah, all the, the exactly what Glenn said.
2: Who else? I,
3: feel I actually like. like it takes the joy out of the downtime when I'm not working on my goals. I can't enjoy the time I take off.
2: This is Patricia.
3: Mm.
1: Hey, Bill,
2: you know the flash when he's running like really 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 fast Sometimes you got to check your peripheral vision to make sure you know what planet you're on if you're moving at a certain speed
0: Wow oh, this is Susie. Good one. Sometimes ahead, Susie. it
1: feels Sometimes it feels great to let my foot off the gas and look around and be present and take a deep breath So that I can hit the pedal to the metal again
2: Hmm letting off the gas with intention letting off the gas with a bigger purpose behind it. That makes a lot of sense. Does anyone else want to go?
3: Hey, Bill. It's Bernita. Go ahead. Okay, Grand Rising, Bill. Grand Rising Breakfast with Champions. I was going to say, the word that comes up for me around having the foot on the gas is balance. I think it's important that we always are monitoring ourselves so that we don't put ourselves in a position to uh, go so hard that we end up getting sick or having to take more time off because uh, we, we weren't taking care of ourselves. So I think balance is important. And that's what I wanted to add. Bernita done speaking. Who else? I already said something, but I'll, I'll expand on it. Like, like quickly, you know, I think that it's, especially if you're a business owner and there isn't anyone above you putting in structure, at least that's, you know, that's where I'm coming from. It's this really difficult, um balancing act of accomplishing massive goals and being proud of yourself versus constantly wanting more um i I try to never get too comfortable literally why i just moved across the country and when you do get comfortable is at least when I tend to take my foot off the gas. So it's monitoring those wins, but also moving on and constantly keeping your eye on the next goal while being proud of yourself and being present. So it's this huge balancing act, but I try not to think about it as balance. I try to think about it as integration or else I'll go crazy. So that's it. That's so that. good. I was going to follow up to that bill and say um, that I feel really secure when I do it only if I know when the end time of that is going to be. Meaning there's a set duration in that intentionality of, of segmentation for my schedule, for my brain, for my body, for my family. But if I don't have that next step experience of I can do it for now, I feel on edge. I feel uncomfortable. I feel uh, probably paralleled in that guilt experience. Um, and so I have to get better at being in that state, but also the knowing that it's only for a moment. I'm with Tamara and Susie on that. I have, I definitely do get the guilt that Glenn was talking about when I take my foot off the gas, but I find that if I before I allow myself to decompress and relax and just kind of set back, if I make a to do list for like Tamara was saying, when I do let myself, you know, there's an end point. If I have a to do list to start putting my foot back on the gas, I feel way better about having that. However, if it's an hour, if it's a day, if it's two days, whatever it is, as long as I have, that I know that once I get jump back into it, I know exactly what I'm doing. And I'm on point. I feel much better about
2: it. So we're, we're noticing a common denominator here around intentionality, right? Taking your foot off the gas with a bigger picture for your life, for your future, seems to have a good emotion attached to it, right? We're We're letting our foot off the gas to refuel the car, or maybe to fix the wheels, or maybe to upgrade the wheels on the car, right? We're letting our foot off the gas in our lives with intentionality, and it's not so big of a problem. But yet, when we let our foot off the gas with no bigger picture, with no clear intention of the future, what happens? Notice the different language that was used by the people who just spoke up, but didn't mention having a follow-up goal or a bigger, bigger goal after it, right? We'd use completely different language around letting our foot off the gas with no future action plan, versus having it be a part of a bigger picture, right? So going on vacation and getting drunk for five days, and you know, uh, just you know watching TV every night on vacation and just completely vegging out like this doesn't feel good for a human being like we're we are human beings with unlimited potential one of the smartest species on earth it actually hurts our brain to let off the gas if there isn't if it isn't labeled as rejuvenation recharge or something bigger right so I want to share something here, and it's the opposite feeling, which is similar to the feeling of rejuvenation with intention, and that's the feeling of three things. Expansiveness, excitement, and innovation. Expansion, excitement, innovation. Expansion, excitement, and innovation. What's the feeling when you started a new job? What's the feeling when you started a business? What's the feeling if you look back over your life and and you take a chunk of time and there was this this crazy growth, whether personally, professionally, financially, something happened. Whether it was a two-month window, a three-month window, six, nine, 12-month window, we go through these spurts of excitement, these spurts of expansiveness, we feel unstoppable, right? We go through these spurts of innovation, trying new things, going off the script, which is where all innovation happens. And then what happens? Well, I wanna share with everyone the big aha that I had over the last week, and it's the concept, and we all know this deep down, but it's the concept Of management managing your life or growing your life managing versus growth can you manage and grow in the same emotional state can you manage something and grow something in the same emotional state I don't know maybe maybe a small percentage of human beings can actually be in that same mindset while managing something managing the details of something, managing super zoomed in aspects of something, and that expansive, exciting, innovative feeling. But chances are, for most people, they're completely counteractive. They don't work together. And what happens is when growth finds its way away from us, which it will, every business that's grown, every person that's gone through growth cycles hits a what a plateau newsflash we all know it's never a straight line to success it's never a perfect stairway carved through the heavens perfectly to success there's tons of adversity right this is what we label as plateaus but what happens well it's easier to double down on what worked than it is to keep being in an expansive mindset. It's easier to go into protection mode than it is to stay in an innovative mode because what if I innovate? What if I do something exciting? What if I do something big again and it doesn't work out like this prior thing? In business, it's pretty freaking simple. You stop selling stuff, you're gonna go manage stuff. Okay, it's pretty simple in business. You stop selling at the level that you thought you could sell at, <laughs> go go audit your calendar. Okay, you'll, you'll notice that you're spending 80% more of your time on things you shouldn't be doing. Like, well, I should really analyze this little detail in our profit and loss statement. I'm talking to myself, by the way. I do this all the time. When sales slows down, maybe we didn't have an event that planned out that that uh, panned out the way we expected. Maybe we didn't make the sales we wanted. The tendency is to go into manager mode. Let me try and manage my way out of this. When really you got to go sell something. <laughs> I mean that's just a business business example. Right? But the same thing happens in our health and our relationships. We flatline right and it's because it's easier to do but put yourself back in that emotional state that we discussed the emotional state of excitement, expansion and innovation that feeling that that multi-month window when you start a new job, you start a new business or innovation occurs in your life, it's exciting, things are changing, moving rapidly. And hey, the management side is not going to be pretty. That's okay. Perfectionism is a disease. Because, mark my words, and we all know this perfectionism never caused explosive growth. Explosive growth comes from courage and confidence. A lot of people think that competence breeds confidence ever hear that before? It's like, if you get really good at something, then you'll be confident. That's actually wrong. The way you get good at something fast. Now, I understand if you want to get good at something over like 15 years, wait until you're competent. Then get confident about it. But if you want to get good at something fast, you better be confident first and let your competence catch up. future truths what's a future truth for you it's not a lie it's not a lie right now it's a future truth confident individuals create future truths for themselves some people call these affirmations some people call these goals a level of severity above a goal is a future truth This is a truth. No, this is true. (laughs) This is true. It's just not the future yet. I wish it was. But i got to do a little bit of work before that future appears and this truth is actually apparent. So confidence actually breeds competence. Getting good at something, if you want to do it quickly. But what if we could build confidence and competence at the same time? What if we could make explosive growth in our lives? What if we could take things to the next level? What if we could expand our lives and invest in courses, invest in mentors, invest in learning along the journey? The alternative is this. Let's spend 15 years learning about what I wanna do with my life And then in 15 years, I'll go take that bet. I'll go take that risk. Black and white thinking is killing us. This first I'll do this, then I'll do this, then I'll do this type thinking usually is a limiter of behavior. Go do it right now. Now, most of us have to be pushed into massive action. Most of us aren't just waking up in the morning taking massive action to the way that our full potential could, right? So we need to be pushed into it. This very interesting example I want to give you guys. I just spent two days in Arizona with someone who sold their company for a couple hundred million, and it was the most glaring realization. I've had about standards. Okay, so I go, as soon as I get to Arizona, because I have a standard of working out every day, I found an F45. F45, it's it's like a CrossFit type, high intensity interval training workout place. Find an F45 in Old Scottsdale. Old town Scottsdale. I go to F45 in Philadelphia where I live, And holy crap, oh my gosh, it was completely different than the F45 workout place I have near my house. The standards were completely different. Every single person in the F45 in Arizona was fit. The instructors were just on another level. These are 5 a.m. classes, they're screaming at you. you. You let off for five seconds, they're like, pick it up! They had affirmations on the walls. They had, the music was five times louder than in the Philadelphia workout place I go to. It was just a completely different standard. On average, I burn anywhere between four to 500 calories when I do morning workouts in Philadelphia. I burned like 800 calories every day I did this F45 in Arizona. It was a different energy. It was a different standard the people I was surrounded by in this F45 pushed me. It was complete, I I could have come in there sleepy. I could have come in there freaking hungover. I could have come in there, I don't know, whatever. Worst day of my life. I could have come in there with the worst emotions ever and the energy of those around me would have immediately snapped me out of it. I wouldn't have a choice but to be high energy environment there's a book called willpower doesn't work i think it's by dr benjamin hardy that book talks about how your environment is more important than your willpower you could go use willpower every single morning to go to the gym or you could just hire a drill sergeant To enter your house at 4 45 a.m and scream at the top of their lungs until you get out of your bed and drag you into a gym you don't have to use any willpower there that's environment now that's it that's a crazy example but who are you surrounded by that's in an expansive emotional state who can you talk about on who can you talk with in your circle about unfiltered huge ideas, and they smile ear to ear and go, wow, that's so cool, you can do that. That's, what? why didn't you do that yesterday? What, like, why didn't you already do that? This is why our parents, they want the best for us. They want us to feel good, they want us to feel confident, but there's a limit to listening to parents. Most of us, if we're at the breakfast table, most of us are one of the more successful people in our family. We're investing in ourselves right now. It's a Wednesday morning, early East Coast time, or earlier West Coast time. Okay, it's early. You're investing in yourself right now. You're probably the more successful person in your family. So you're just gonna stop there? I remember my mom used to compare me to my drug addict cousin. You say, "Oh, at least you're not like him." It's like that is a pretty low bar, Mom. Do you realize the the people I'm 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 comparing myself to? Don't infect me with that. I can love him, I can love you, but don't compliment me, comparing me to someone who didn't get their stuff figured out yet. Again, nothing against them. Okay, we've went through a ton with him. He's no longer with us. But I don't need to be compared against average, mediocre, or below average. But we can get high on our own supply. We can get high on the feeling of, man, I am better than that person in my family whose life didn't go well. How many of you wanna compare yourself to that? To someone who is at the lowest of low points in their lives? No, you should be picking those people up. You should be kicking them. You should be waking them up. Because your standards are higher. We cannot manage and grow in the same emotional state. So my first awakening for all of us, myself included, to consider, to just consider, is are you managing right now or are you growing i have a diet coach and he always reminds me messy action messy action sometimes i say massive action massive action he's like no dude sometimes messy messy action just take the action make it messy i went through this when i started tracking my calories which i've now done every day for Cause so I'm trying to get down to like 11% body fat and I'm at like 13 right now. And it's getting harder and harder to go lower because I feel like I'm eating myself alive when I'm in a calorie deficit. So I had to start tracking my calories. I'd go out to eat one night. I'd make an excuse to him next week. I have a weekly call with him. I make an excuse. Ah, well, you don't get it, Greg. I went out to eat. I couldn't calculate the steak that I had and then. He goes, ah, man, you got it all wrong. Messy action. Pull out the notes in your phone when you, when you don't have internet connection. When you don't know what the calories are, just just sketch in. Uh, Tuesday dinner, the the ate the the done. Takes five seconds to put in your phone the foods you ate before you put it into an app like MyFitnessPal. Messy action. Right. That's growth mode. perfectionism is a disease and that's the managing side of the equation right so the managing side of the equation is let me get all my ducks in a row how many of you heard that before I'm just getting my ducks in a row I'm just I'm just getting things set up right now you can do the setting up stuff while you still take messy massive action right so we know the feeling that we want This is an emotional game, we all know this. If you don't feel excited, if you've lost engagement, if you've lost that feeling of expansiveness, of the innovation, that's on you. I was at this mastermind with Myron Golden like three weeks ago and he said, if the audience, (laughs) this is what he said, he said, if the audience goes to sleep while you're talking, that's on you. It's on your emotional state. If the people around you aren't excited about your bigger future, if you're not excited about your bigger future, that's on you. So we talked about goal attachment. Goal attachment. I think it was last week we talked about this. Everyone has goals nowadays, especially the Breakfast with Champions crew. Because we listen to personal development information. We want to better our lives. We all have goals. Goal setting sounds good. Goal attachment, however, that's where all the value is. Goal attachment is you will not let someone rip that goal from you. It's so close to your body, it's basically in you, the goal. It is an extension of you. As soon as the goal is closer to us, we then are able to move faster. Moving faster is easier when you are clear. We know this. Are you crystal clear on the goals? You wanna get to a certain body fat percentage. You wanna get to a certain amount of personal income. You wanna get to a certain amount of revenues in your business. It's easy in the beginning, it's easier. You don't have to learn how to manage. You don't have to learn how to lead. You don't have to learn how to communicate to cross departmentally. You You can just go out and learn one or two skills, sales and how to deliver the product or service you have. Getting the one or two million dollars in a business, you can do that. All of us can. How fast, though? Could you do it in 10 years? I know plenty of people that waste 10 years of their lives getting to a small target. What if you were filmed, though? What if every move, every action you made, every decision you made, your energy, your posture, the decisions you made and didn't make were on film 24 seven in front of seven billion people. Full accountability, what would happen? Nowhere to hide, okay? Little little things throughout your day. Oh, you don't push in the gym a little, but you, but. <laughs> Hey, Champions. Guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. But I showed up. You know, Just show up. As we've talked about before, Kobe and Michael would laugh at that. Just show up. Yeah, go ahead. You just show up. I'll go win championships. I got to bring everything to this showing up thing in order to win, right? Just show up. Come on, man. That's a minimum requirement. I said this yesterday on my Instagram. Growth is a minimum requirement. Just study nature. When grass stops growing, it's dying. When a tree stops growing, it's dying. Entropy. E-N-T-R-O-P-Y. It's literally a nature based force. It is a biological nature based force in our universe. Entropy. The fact that things are wither away if they're not moving. Your health isn't moving, it's on the decline. Your wealth isn't moving, it's on the decline business isn't moving it's on the decline so like here's the thing like you know in the growth that we've had in our business I get complimented sometimes thank God it's not more frequently but when I do I don't let that get to my head because I believe growth is a minimum requirement now now let's talk everyone let's talk about this okay let's talk man I'm, I'm going ham all right so let's talk about this okay what my question is what is the minimum requirement what is the minimum requirement what is it okay it's okay in, in a human being it's water Okay, it's eat enough calories to not die. Breathing, shelter. Do I need to be complimented for for drinking enough water to survive, eating enough calories to survive and having a shelter to sleep under? Do I need to be complimented for that? I sure hope not. Because a minimum requirement requires no compliments, no high fives, Minimal celebrations. Let's get back to work. So when I say the word, the phrase growth is a minimum requirement, I mean that growing in your life, in your health, in your wealth, in your relationships, in your fulfillment, spirituality, this is not, you don't deserve any high fives. Yeah, you can get them and you can can soak it in for yourself You can live in that accomplishment for yourself, but outside of your own appraisal of your successes, your personal, you don't need external recognition, you need the internal compass to go, wow. That's how we build confidence, right? In those little moments where we give ourselves credit. So if growth is a minimum requirement, let's operate as though it is. Let's operate as though I expect my health to improve. I expect my relationship capacity to improve. I expect my finances and my business to improve. I, I, this is what I expect. This is like water. If it's not happening, that's like water getting ripped from my village. But again, it comes back to the same question. Can you manage and grow in the same emotional state? So when we're attached to our goals, anything, we can, we can literally tie this to the smallest of smallest actions in our lives. It's called fractaling or the, the process of, of fractaling, right? where we can go a layer deeper, a layer deeper, or a layer deeper, a layer deeper. We can drill in and we can apply the same concepts to the big picture of our lives, big goal attachment, to smaller goal attachment. For example, what is my specific intention for going to the gym today? What will make this gym session successful? Think for a second. Well, I really want to hit X weight on this workout. Think for a second. I really want to push myself and burn X calories because my heart rate's going to be up to here. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give up around 75% weight through the workout. Just that little bit of intention. It's a little bit of goal attachment right there. Enough to get you through a 45-minute grueling workout. Goal attachment. Okay, let's talk about another one. We have this uh, challenge that we're doing next week, and it's a lot of work setting up a big virtual event. Last night I was venting to Emily, my wife. I was like, "Man, I don't know how how we're balancing this much stuff right now. We got challenges. We're designing our whole new website. We have multi-million dollar coaching business. We have this, you know, growing agency on, you know." We've all this stuff that we're that we're growing right now and we have these events coming up. I I, I literally told her I was like, I I don't know if I can do this. Like, I I don't I got to give something up. It's so much so much different stuff going on. It's a new ceiling of complexity. Write that down if you're taking notes ceiling of complexity. When I learned this concept from one of my mentors, Dan Sullivan, he said, the ceiling of complexity is the top thing that limits entrepreneurs. When things get too complex, it's easier to go backwards. It's easier to look backwards to the things that aren't so complex. Oh, I did this before and that worked. I did this before and that worked. Let's just go back to that. A ceiling of complexity is exactly what it sounds like it's it's your growth hits a ceiling When things get too complex But complexity gets sheltered gets pushed out of your mind when we go into goal attachment So I was telling you about this challenge we're running, right? Um, and the challenge that happens next week we were um, we were talking about this last night, Emily talked me off the ledge a little bit, and then she was like, "What? what's the target? And immediately, as soon as she told me, as soon as she reminded me to tell myself, I should say, oh, this is the target. Our goal is to do a million dollars in five days through this next challenge. We wanna do a million dollars in book revenue through this challenge that we're doing. As soon as those words came out of my mouth, stress went away, complexity went away, I was like, oh, I have a clear goal for this. So the stress floats away. So now, instead of focusing on the ceiling of complexity of all these things going on, Right now, I can just focus inward on this one thing. So, presence, which we were talking about prior, being present in the present moment can be attained two ways. I found personally mindfulness is the first way. That's more of a detached awareness of your current surroundings, your thoughts, sensations, the things outside of you, the things inside you, awareness, mindfulness. The second way to create that level of presence is what's called flow. Which there's a really good book on this topic, right? So flow is not necessarily awareness. It's not mindfulness, it's not this meditative state. Although it feels similarly, the, the brain scans show that flow is similar to mindfulness in the emotional brain waves that come from it. However, it's a different way to get to flow. Flow comes from your reticular activating system, your RAS, reticular activating system. So your reticular activating system is the part in your brain, which I we talked about this last week, that allows you to zoom in on one thing. So in order to zoom in on one big thing, we all must cultivate the skill of zooming in on one small thing. I'll say it again. The ability to zoom in on one big thing, the cost of that, the price, is the ability, the skill, the habit to zoom in on one small thing. It's called the Kaizen Principle. It's an old Asian principle, maybe Japanese, uh, a Japanese principle called the Kaizen, K A I Z E N, I think, Kaizen Principle. The Kaizen Principle is a spiritual belief in Asian culture that one small step, focusing on each step is how you win a marathon. Focusing on one brick is how you build an entire brick wall. Eben Pagan, one of my mentors, he wrote this book called Opportunity recently. And in the book Opportunity, he talked about in today's day and age opportunity has a shelf it had a shelf life okay when when the internet grew at a rapid pace the dot com bubble when the internet grew rapidly there were so many opportunities there were billionaires being made left and right people in their 20s opportunity had it was it had not met its shelf life yet People were just grabbing the reins and becoming billionaires. Now, we've become accustomed to overabundance of opportunity. The shelf life has arrived. Opportunity overload has arrived. much opportunity opportunity overwhelm opportunity overload what do we do with opportunity overload we can just live in it and and the one option is shiny object syndrome where we see all these opportunities and we never really commit to one of them but oh my god there's this other thing and there's this gold rush thing and there's this uh, right the harder thing to do <laughs> which once you figure this out you realize like dude there's like no competition for focus like it's 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 crazy i told you guys this before i started my company alongside two other entrepreneurs we, we all started, we lived in the same house. We all literally started our agencies on the same day. Three of us, very talented guys, by the way. What happened? Okay, I started my agency by writing a mission, vision and value statement with, with core values, our vision for, uh, for, 10, for eight years. I wrote that we would do $256 million in revenue i had a huge picture tied to it right to the agency to the business that we're growing i already knew like we have this huge coaching program that spawned out of nowhere and like i already wrote that in our mission vision values document i i i literally said that half the revenues from our company would come from coaching and half uh, online educational services is what I had written in our vision. I I already wrote that in there, and that the other half would come from managed marketing services. So I started. I had I had already cut out every other option before I even started. So. Year one, I did 500 grand. They each did like 90 grand. Year two, I did 1.5 million. They each did like 90 grand. Year three, I did 4 million, and they were doing like 250,000. But they had all these cool projects going on. Oh, oh! I got this new thing, and this, and this, and this person called me about this big project and and there's this other really cool thing i got involved with and and i might invest in this too oh and there's this cool real estate thing over here ha, oh, i i i'm going might get maybe invest in that too oh and there's this cool project here for me it was pretty boring it was it was like it was like yeah i, I can't do any of this you know i I've, I've made a deal with myself i've already negotiated the price in advance as ed mylette says I knew I I knew what I had to shelter out right because the goal was crystal clear so opportunity overwhelm is cured by clarity in your outcomes crystal clarity in your outcomes in advance negotiating the price in advance so what is that for you do you want to build something great or do you want to build 15 Micro things that never really have an impact. And dude, it's all good. Like, if you proactively have decided, I want to be in real estate, I want to be in X business, I want to be in side business Y, I want to be in side business Z, that's all good. Richard Branson made quite a few dollars doing that. But that's his model. Right? It's, it's an, it's, it's, there's a full acceptance of it. This is who I am. This is what I will do. For me, it's just not how I work. Like, I need one thing to focus on, or my ADD kicks in. Now, I can pioneer, I can spearhead new stuff, I can go experiment with new things under the umbrella of my one thing, which is SMB Team, my company, that's cool. But it's a no-go right now for anything outside of that. So I have two consistent things in my life. SMB Team and my wife Emily, <laughs> well, I guess three would be my dog, Jake. Those are like the, the, the non-negotiables. Right, People will come and go, opportunities will come and go, things will come in and out of it. We parted ways with five people at my company in the last, I don't even know, uh, 45 days. People, it's, and, and you know it's awesome, is the people who are on my team who are a part of this team that we built, are completely bought in. Because we will kick, we had someone extremely talented that we had to let go of last week, extremely talented, made my life tremendously easier, was not a culture fit for our company. It was literally, the decision wasn't even made by me, it was made by Brandon, who runs our operations, who's in the audience right now, he made the call, he didn't even call me. He was just like, yeah man, core core value fit is not, it's not negotiable. I don't care how talented the person is. Right, so like, yeah, maybe I'll get into real estate when I get $20 million in the bank or something. I'm not there yet though, so I'm not gonna go dabble around like let's go build something let's build something that's like recession proof resilient let's let's build something that technology change won't have an impact on let's build let's build a movement let's build something let's build something unstoppable that requires focus so we can't manage and grow in the same mindset can't manage and grow in the same mindset. The last point I wanna make here, so we talked about goal attachment, again, we talked about being detaching from the managing side. Focusing on the growth side, focusing on the emotional state that created quantum leaps for you. There's a book called U Squared. If you haven't read the book, read it. It's by Price Pritchett. It's on how to create exponential growth in your life and your business. The book U Squared talks about the difference between incremental growth, growing 5% year-over-year, 10% year-over-year, and exponential growth. Now, we've all went through exponential growth periods, right? When we went from zero to making 50 grand a year in our first job, or, or 30 grand a year in our first job, that is exponential. That's a thirty thousand X return in one year. Now, feel the emotions that come compart- that 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 come alongside that that thirty thousand X growth. We went from zero to thirty thousand a year in your first job. Emotions are the detector of whether you're in growth mode. So we talked about that. We talked about the two questions. What does it feel like to let off the gas? And then what does it feel like to be expansive, exciting, and innovative? My last point I want to make here is about what you care about. What the heck is this guy talking about? What you care about. What you care about is what you'll get. Not the work you do. Not the thinking you do. Not the studying you do. Very different things. What does the word care mean? What's care mean? What does that mean? It means it's important to you. You could educate yourself till the cows come home. You could educate yourself. You could think hard about something. You could work hard towards something but if you don't care, universe is going to find out. God's going to find out if you don't care about it. It'll come that'll come across in haphazard performance. What you care about is what you'll get. Some people on this stage run big companies well you know this all too well then what you care about now once you start building a big team you realize you can't do everything you can't manage everyone you can't hold everyone accountable but oh boy they can know what you care about they can feel your wrath around what you care about way more than what you've educated yourself about way more than what you've thought a lot about way more than what you've worked hard about true or false. People can feel care. It's like this, it's this, it's like this insatiable, like you can't stop it. Like it's like caring deeply about something, your education, all the thinking you've put into it, the hard work you put towards it, it'll catch up to caring a lot faster than thinking, than caring will catch up to thinking, Then caring will catch up to hard work. You gotta care, we all have to care. What are the things you care about? But, what do we do? Reasonability, being reasonable, kills unreasonable caring. Like the more realistic and reasonable we are, What do we care about at the beginning of something? Like when we start a new diet, when we start a new fitness journey, what do we care most about? Oh man, I'm going to have a six-pack. I'm going to be I'm going to look like X. I care about that. Then as soon as it as soon as we find out it's harder to achieve X than we originally thought, we stop caring as much. Called negative reinforcement. We stop caring as much. The number one reason I've personally found that we stop caring as much is instant gratification. Our expectations, because of opportunity overwhelm and the four hour work week, and people taking pictures on the beach and showing their Instagram filters. We're, we're, we're only, we're, we're animals guys. Like we're, we're, we're we're only humans. Like we're only mammals. We have brains, we have things that happen when we consume social media that control the dopamine centers in our brains. Like if, if we keep looking at people on beaches, you know, in bikinis, seeming to not work all the time. We're going to create an inappropriate picture, a, a unrealistic picture in our head, not in a good way, unrealistic, that we can get that tomorrow. And we may not process that thought, but it comes across in the detachment from caring when the result isn't as easy as it seems. Look at Facebook ads, look at the Facebook ads that work. You can get X benefit with no work in under five minutes. Like literally every marketing message is get all this upside with no downside. Everything we see. Even Coca-Cola advertising. They're like, be happy, happiness as you get diabetes but oh we're not going to talk about the diabetes part we're just going to talk about happiness happy that's the word we like to stand for okay i see a budweiser truck driving by uh this park that i'm at it says this buds for you and it has a picture of five buds. what the heck does that even mean of course you're not going to say you know hurt your family by drinking beer (laughs) right so all this upside no downside so then once we go into work once we go into uh, you know the actions of taking our business to the next level the actions of taking our health to the next level the actions of taking our finances to the next level spirituality fitness whatever it is Whatever it is, when we take it to the next level, we're excited in the beginning, we care a lot about it, adversity hits, and then we have two choices. There's a path. I want you to choose which path you're gonna choose. The one path, if we look to the left, it's a fork in the road, on the left, there's darkness. Okay. It's this path that goes downward. There's darkness. Looks like shaded. Doesn't really look that good. That's called going back to the old ways of doing things.